This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Compass, a monthly program to help full focus planner users stay on track with their goals. Learn more at lead2.win slash compass. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. Today, we're going to give you one thing missing from your goal achievement toolbox. Yeah, I'm really excited about this because, you know, this is that time of year when everybody is thinking about goals. But so often we begin the year with great intentions and then they kind of fade because I think we all know that that the daily battle, you know, just the swirl of things we have to do to keep up with our life swallows up the margin that we have for pursuing new things. And before we know it, life gets hectic and goals go by the wayside. It's really tough to stay on track. Um, And I think that's why so many people just don't see progress on their goals after the first, honestly, like week or two, right? Right, totally. And I mean, that's where New Year's resolutions so often fail. By the way, I wanted to ask you the question, how did you get started on goal setting? I don't think I know the story. I mean, was it just because you grew up in our home where I was a goal setter? Or did you try New Year's resolutions? Is that the right answer? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it could be any answer. Or did you re- did you like resist it because I no, did it? I never resisted it. I think I've always been like a natural achiever. I'm trying to think back to being a teenager, for example, and I'm pretty sure as a teenager I was doing some form of goal setting, probably based on something that you were doing, and it gradually became more sophisticated. But really, until our best year ever program um, kind of came into existence. I was setting too many goals. I was, you know, not accomplishing a lot of the goals that I set. So I've become a much, much, much better goal setter uh, over the last five or six years for sure. And now you have a goal achievement toolbox, which is exactly what we're going to talk about. But we need to bring Larry on here because Larry, as I often say, is the guy, the guy who guides us through the podcast, right? Because you and I left our own devices, we just meander all over. Totally. Larry, you're the guy. Did you know that? I feel like I need a gavel today. (laughs) I know. All the podcasts to order. Well, I like this topic because I love goal achievement, that this got deep in me somewhere, somehow, and I love to set goals. But we're calling it, you've called it, Michael, a, uh, a support community for goal achievement. And that has a suspicious tone to me because it reminds me of something that I've heard for years and years, you need an accountability partner. You need an accountability group. And, you know, I've seen a lot of those come and go. And in my observation, they're just not that effective because people say they're going to be accountable to each other and they just aren't. See, I don't want to be accountable. I mean, I hate to say that. I want support. Those are a totally different thing. So I don't, I think I can hold myself accountable. And I think, and I've said this on the show before, I think that Somebody can create a space for me to hold myself accountable to the promises I've made, but I don't want somebody holding me accountable. What inevitably ends up happening is you end up with a good cop, bad cop thing, in my experience. There's always one person. There's the one person who is the holder accountable. And then there's the person who is being held accountable. I mean, it's rarely equal. You know, right. it's rarely equal. It's usually one person's idea and they try to rope in the other person. Like I remember, for example, in high school, I decided I wanted to start running. And I thought, well, I'm going to loop in 
this one friend I had. And so we were going to run at like five in the morning. Okay. This is high school. So this is really yeah. early if you're a high school kid. And I would, it started off great, you know, but then she wouldn't be awake and I would have to like go into her house, wake her up. I mean, I'm sneaking in her house. Her you feel like her mom. Like, yeah. I'm like, this is not good. We eventually gave it up, of course. But I think that is kind of why accountability gets a bad rap because it just becomes sort of nanny-ish. Okay. But here's a, here's an alternative running story. That's more of a support group. So when I decided to run, I can't remember it was the first or second half marathon I did, but uh, Gail, my wife, your mom said, as though I need to tell you that, <laughs> but at any rate, uh, she said, why don't we join this running group? And I was like, I don't want to run with a bunch of people. One of the best things I ever did. Me too. I did that as well. And it was fantastic. But but that was more like a support group. Right. Because we're all working on the same thing. And it's voluntary. It's no, voluntary. No and one if is you don't show up, to the fire. nobody's coming to your house. Coming into your bedroom, right. waking you up, you know. But I mean, you just, you're expected to show up, and if you don't want to show up, that's fine. There's no no shame, nothing with that. But it was a blast, and it was like this mutual support. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really how our business accelerator coaching program works. So many people join that because, as business owners and entrepreneurs, it can kind of feel lonely, and it can be hard to keep yourself on track because, after all, you don't really have a lot of peers. Right. And so, I think what happens is people feel like they have goals they want to accomplish. But they often get stuck or, you know, they lose motivation or focus and so they don't accomplish them. So what they get when they come to the group in part is a supportive community that's going to remember what they're committed to, remind them when they forget and encourage them to keep going. And I'm reminded of a story of one of our clients who had a book that she wanted to publish. And this is ve- this is true for probably, wouldn't you say like 90% of our coaching clients, they want to publish a book? Totally. But of the ones that have actually done it. Yeah, only a fraction of people actually ever do it, right? And so she wanted to publish this book. And for years, I mean, this had been a goal that she had missed and, you know, but it was really important to her. So she decided to commit to it again. And with the support of the group, she was actually able to publish that book. It's doing very, very well. In fact, exceeding her expectations dramatically. And she never would have been able to do that and get through the places where she was inevitably going to get stuck along the way without the support of the group. And I think whatever the context, that's the value of a support group. I just want to make this point too. And this is the distinction between that and an accountability group. That same person, her husband, had tried to hold her accountable to get this book written for years, actually nagged her because he understood what it would do for her career, and it just demotivated her. She was making no progress. Her husband was not a great accountability partner. Anytime you're using shame or nagging, you know, that's not a a strategy, and that's not a support group. That's not what we're talking about Okay, so I have a question. We talk about in Best Year Ever, our goal setting program, about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, right? right. So intrinsic motivation is uh, the motivation that comes internally from yourself, that uh, it's kind of self-propelled versus extrinsic motivation might be your spouse wants you to do it or your boss, boss. wants you to do it or the culture you know, puts that pressure expectation on you, something like that. And I'm wondering how that concept plays into this idea of support community versus accountability group and how they're different. Well, I think it's like good coaching. You can never want something for your client more than they want it. That's external or extrinsic motivation. So if they don't, if they can't muster it from within, and if that's not driving them, it's not going to work. And the same thing in a support group too. You know, that client you talked about, that, that woman that wanted to write the book, if she hadn't been really motivated then all of that would have felt to her like nagging and coercion and manipulation. But because she really wanted it and she allowed those people to support her, that's what made it possible. 
I think that's really good. So it's kind of like you bring the motivation to the party. You know, your your own internal ma- motivation is what you're bringing to the support community. But you're giving other people permission to kind of be your advocates for that thing that you really want along the way rather than someone putting external pressure on you. Right. Well, today we're saying that every leader should be part of a support community, especially for goal achievement, because of three key benefits that that provides. And benefit number one, it motivates you by affirming your aspiration. Maybe this is that intrinsic motivation mm-hmm. that you were talking about, Megan. I think it is because here is the the reality. Um, not only does a rising tide lift all boats, right? So like if you're in a running group and you want to run a half marathon and you want to train for that and you have 20 other people that want to do the same thing, all of a sudden that kind of becomes your normal and it's sort of in the air and you're excited. But if you've ever done anything like that, I feel like training for any kind of endurance race is a good analog to other things in life. You are inevitably going to hit places where your motivation wanes, that you forget your why, as we say in our best year ever language, you know, that you um, have obstacles that come up. And what a great support community can do is remind you of what you already want, you know, so they're not imposing it. Um, externally, but they're reminding you that this is what you want. And they're giving you practical help and tools to navigate the obstacles that are going to come up. And I think that is so valuable. You know, to use the example of our client who wanted to write the book, you know, there were a number of people in our program that had written a book, including me, who were able to say, you know, that is a worthy aspiration. You need to be pursuing that because, oh my gosh, your life is going to so change when that book is done. And so that affirmed her aspiration, it made it more concrete, it reinforced it, and it and it you know just helped her to see that, that that was normal. That was a good thing. It wasn't just like some dream, but other people had brought that into reality and there was a high probability that she could do the same. Wasn't gonna be that hard. She just needed to hang with the support group. Well, and that's a good point because not everybody has a naturally supportive community. You know, whatever goal you may have set, you may have a hostile community around you, you know, that where people really don't want to see you make progress, or for some reason, your goal is threatening to them, or they just don't really care. They don't have an interest in that. You want to be a runner, nobody else wants to be a runner, you know, whatever it is. And so just creating that little incubator for your goal is so helpful. As, As you were talking, I just thought of something. The truth is, we're always in a support group. You may be trying to run and you're in a non-running support group. And so they're constantly like the crabs pulling the other crab that's trying to get out of the bucket, constantly pulling you back down into the bucket. But same thing was with writing. If you're hanging out with a bunch of people that aren't writers, you know, nothing wrong with that, but they're not going to help you write. In fact, they're going to affirm the non-writing stuff. Like they might say to you, for example, they might say, you're trying to write a book? That sounds really hard. I remember how hard it was when I tried to write a you know a fifteen page paper in high school. That was like impossible. <laughs> so all that's doing is like reaffirming all the fears that you already have about it. Whereas if you're hanging out with a group, a supportive group of writers, they're the ones that are going to encourage you because they've done it before. They know what it's like. They know what the psychology of it is. So yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, let me ask you about this. I I found this uh, statistic. I couldn't track it down to the specific study, but. The concept is that people are 65% likely to meet a goal after committing to one other person. So that would be like a running partner, I suppose. But uh, according to this source, the chances of success increase to 95% when they build in 
ongoing meetings with multiple partners. So this would be the running group that meets every Wednesday. Wow. Does that sound right to you? That does sound right. I've never heard that statistic. And I can't believe you didn't share that with us before we actually started this episode. But that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, because I think it really does support the idea. (laughs) I think it's like insurance. You know, you have... Uh, one support partner or accountability partner, right? And that could be, I mean, that that person's motivation could wane or something comes up and they bail for whatever reason. If you have a whole group, you know, a running group or a coaching group or something like that, now you have um, contingency plans. You know, you have people behind the people behind the people behind the people. There's always somebody there with a different perspective who can encourage you or support you, even if one person fails. Do you know what this makes me want to do? Join a running group again. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I'm thinking to myself, why did I ever stop the running group? That was fantastic. It makes it feel more uh, effortless, too. I, I can remember, you probably remember this, too, because I know you've run a couple of half marathons. But when you're with like 30,000 people that are all runners and they're all, all amped up on the energy of you know the race day, and you run, I mean, you go further, you go faster, you perform at a level that you never uh, could do when you were on your own or even in the support group, because that's like a giant support group. Well, just imagine if you told yourself you were going to run 13.1 miles on your own on a Saturday in the rain or the heat or one of those inevitable you know weather situations that come up for race day, or you're going to do it with 30,000 people, which scenario you're most likely to complete. Yeah. That's why your statistics make sense. Well, I'm not a runner, Michael, never have been, but I've done some cycling and there's an effect there too. You always ride faster with even one other person and that partly is psychological and partly it has to do with aerodynamics. You get in a group, you build up a draft and you take some of the work off you. That's really interesting. I never have thought about that before, but I feel like that's true, literally true, but that's also metaphorically true. You know, both of those things mm-hmm. are happening, and that's really what we're talking about here. I love that. Well, benefit number one of having a support community for goal achievement is that it motivates you by affirming your aspiration. Benefit number two, it encourages you by affirming your progress. This one is really important. I think this is another benefit that we have seen in our coaching program and in other support communities that we've hosted. Very often, there is not a place for most people where they can celebrate their wins. You know, again, kind of back to that idea of you're always in a support community, it's positive or negative. You know, maybe you live in a small town and achieving a big financial goal is threatening to your high school buddies. Or maybe, you know, you're in a church where financial gain is not celebrated. Or maybe you're in a a community where exercise is not seen as a positive thing. Whatever it is, you're hesitant to share because you feel like in some way that will create insecurity in someone else. And so you just don't, you know, and especially if you're a high achiever, you're just checking it off and going to the next thing. To your first point, you kind of diminish your own glory, so to speak, because you don't want to brag. You don't want to be perceived as bragging. Plus, let's be honest, people are just not going to get it. You know, in other words, if I said to somebody, oh my gosh, this is an awesome week. I wrote 2,500 words. It's like, I just get a blank stare. Like, is that good or is that bad? Or (laughs) are you complaining or bragging? I don't really have anything to measure that by. But if you're talking to a bunch of writers, you know, they would totally get it and they would affirm it. And then you feel like you're making progress. And I think progress, the sense of progress is important for a couple of different reasons. First of all, 
All the research I've seen is that is essential to have a sense of well-being and happiness. And it's really what you get out of accomplishing goals anyway. That's right. It's, it's actually not the accomplishment of the goal. It's the pursuit of a meaningful goal and feeling like you're making progress against that goal that what gives you that deep satisfaction and, and meaning in life. But in addition to that, when you feel momentum, then you're willing to take on the next step in whatever the project is or the goal that you want to achieve. Uh, I think the hardest challenge of goal achievement is getting started. You know, once you get started and start seeing your progress, whether it's writing a book or, you know, training for a race or whatever, once you see you're making progress, then all of a sudden that, you know, buoys you to continue to pursue it and continue to make progress. You get momentum. You get momentum. There's research there as well, uh, Michael, that, you know, sharing a victory boosts your morale and your mood. You feel more joy when that happens. And when you share your victory and the other person affirms you for what you've done, it actually goes to another level and lasts longer. Hmm. So if I share a victory with you, like I wrote 2,500 words last week, and you say, oh, great, Larry. Uh, well, I still <laughs> feel good that, you know, yeah. you, uh, but if you say, wow, that's really positive. Man, I can't believe you did that. Good job. Then that effect is going to last me for days. Yeah, that's good. So having a community that understands and appreciates what you're doing really has a lasting benefit. Yeah. Well, the other thing is um, it reinforces the behavior that you're trying to install, as we say, best year ever. So if you have a habit goal that you're in pursuit of, you know, you're trying to install in your life a new habit. That's challenging, right? And there's a lot of forces that are going against that to kind of pull you back to your normal. However, when you're getting affirmation and encouragement for making progress, that reinforces the new behavior, whether it's a habit or an achievement that you're pursuing. In both cases, that is going to help cement what you're, um, what you're after and help you maintain it for the long haul. This is why I think whether it's in parenting or developing people in the context of business or in your running group, the more you can be generous in giving affirmations to other people. It's really true. The more that's going to help them develop the momentum and the behavior that they want to develop. And so you might look at somebody that's being consistent in their running program or, for, or something and you might think, oh, that's awesome. They're being consistent. But to say it out loud and to affirm it is fantastic because that helps shape their own inner narrative and their own self-talk. And that's critical in the achievement of any goal. Your mindset is as important as the behaviors. You know, Michael, I think it also does something for you uh, when you give affirmation to other people. So like a, a group like this uh, or a partnership of support for goals or aspirations, it's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. So you're able to affirm other people and then that it has a positive effect on you as well. It does. One of the ways that we're intentional about doing this at Michael Hyde & Company is that we have a monthly team meeting um, and a quarterly team training. So it's kind of part of our cadence of, of meetings on an annual basis. And when we're doing those, we're intentionally celebrating wins. You know, we intentionally pause. We ask our team what the wins were from the last month or what progress they've made on their goals. And the whole point of that is not just accountability, like we want them to have that sense of, you know, I have to show up and answer for what I've accomplished, but we really want the chance to celebrate it because the truth is in a, inside a company, there are things happening all the time that are invisible to other parts of the team and certainly to the leaders. And if they're not acknowledged, then it becomes demoralizing and you kind of create this culture of cynicism. Like, what does it really matter? Nobody is ever going to recognize me. And on the flip side, if you do intentionally acknowledge it, you get more of what you notice and people love to be acknowledged, especially publicly. So we make a big deal about that. 
Yeah, I was thinking too, one of the things we have in Slack, which is our internal communication channel, is weekend wins. And so because we're committed to helping people win at work and succeed at life to get the double win, you know, it's just awesome to create kind of a support community here at work that affirms that value for people so that they feel supported, so they feel affirmed, so they feel like they've got a sense of momentum, not just in their professional life, but their personal life. Hey, everybody, Mike Boyer here. If you're interested in getting connected with the Goal Achievement Community, I've got some great news for you. We've got a brand new program called Compass, your full focus guide, and it's exclusively for our full focus planner users who want to take their success to the next level. Compass is an online support community that will give you the daily, weekly, and quarterly motivation you need to reach your goals. You'll learn how to set smarter goals and the support of a community of high achievers just like you. So check it out today at lead2.win slash compass, or just check the link in today's show notes at lead2.win. And keep your eyes on this channel for a bonus episode coming on Thursday. Michael will do a deep dive on Compass and let you know exactly how this benefits our Full Focus Planner community. And now, back to the show. Benefit number two of being part of a support community for goal achievement is that it encourages you by celebrating your progress and being around a group of like-minded people really has a positive effect on you. So let's get to benefit number three. It assists you by offering advice and problem solving. The cool thing about this, when it's right, is you're getting advice from people who are, I don't know if you'd use the word professionals, but people who are fellow enthusiasts, at least. So it's one thing for me to ask my family about some running problem or some writing problem, but honestly, what do they know, right? Because nobody in my family is a runner except me. And nobody's, uh, you know, a, a writer in my family except Joel. And one of the reasons I like to get with Joel, your husband, Megan, is because we can do shop talk. You know, we can talk about the challenges. Or Larry. Larry's a writer. So, you know, to talk with him is, is awesome. But when you're around other people, you can really troubleshoot at a different level, right? When you're around the other people that are also fellow enthusiasts about that. And so you're going to get faster help, more uh, battle-tested help, stuff that actually works. Well, and here's the reality. You will hit bumps on the way to yes. a goal. If you're pursuing a meaningful goal, you're going to have snags. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to feel frustrated and discouraged at times. I mean, that is just the the nature of pursuing a meaningful goal. And if you don't have a place to go to troubleshoot and problem solve, you're likely to get stuck. And I think a support community is the antidote to being stuck. And that's one of the biggest threats of not accomplishing your goal. What's been your experience, Larry or Megan, in a support group when you've shared that you're missing your goal or you haven't, you know, observed the habit that you're trying to install? Like, let's say you're trying to run, because we keep using that example. And, you know, you didn't run at all this last week. I mean, do you feel in a, in a support group that you can share that without fear of shame? Well, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel that way, and I do share it when I, when I miss a goal or when I'm behind on a goal. I think one of the reasons that that's important is because it helps to just say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just kind of, you let your, your, you're sliding on your goal, you're not making progress, and you don't quite want to face it. But when you have to say it to somebody else, like, okay, I've got to admit, I'm not making any progress on my, whatever it is, a health goal or an achievement goal. So now we can talk about it. 
Yeah, you know, I kind of had this experience this last week. It's a little bit different than this, but I have a, a speech pathologist that I work with on my voice. You know, she's helping me do some things as a professional speaker so that I can keep up. She calls it speech hygiene, but uh, her name's Carly Berge. And so I felt really bad because we just gone through a whole set of workshops with Business Accelerator and I had not done any of the practice exercises that she'd give me to do. So I was going to cancel and I had Jim call, call her and she said, hey, it's no big deal. We'll just use our session for practice. And I thought, well, that's a cool idea. So instead of avoiding that, because I used to feel really shamed back when I was in piano lessons and I didn't practice a piano. Mm -hmm. I just like I yeah. just dreaded going Does to Does everybody teacher. have a piano shame story? <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> a rite of passage. I think piano shame needs to be a Wikipedia entry. Right. It's right? a thing. So, but but she didn't make me feel any of that. I, like she just was like, "Look, I get it. You get busy. You don't. You're not able to do that." But even uh, Lisa Hiscock, who's my personal trainer, does the same thing. When I have a streak where, for, for whatever reason, I haven't worked out, never feel any shame. You know, we just kind of pick up. And I, I think that's important in your group when people are asking you for feedback, and you're the person who's being called on to offer it. Shame accomplishes nothing good. And I think we've learned this from Brene Brown. You know, it's been validated by tons of research, but you just got to be self-aware enough to know when you're doing that to other people. But it's very, I think, debilitating. Well, the other thing is, you know, that, that's kind of one part of it. But the other thing is around obstacles that come up. And I remember one of the half marathons that I did, I think I did three um, overall. I got so far, so far. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do another one. Anyway, that's beside the point. But I got a, started to get shin splints, which is a common ah. running injury. And in fact, I ended up getting a stress fracture. And I remember um, I was in a lot of pain and I was about to quit. And I can't remember where I was in the training, maybe three quarters of the way done. You know, I think for me, that tends to have been a trigger point. And somebody in my group recommended a physiotherapist that was going to help me um, with some therapy. And I was able to, in the end, complete the race. I walked a lot of it. I wasn't able to run. But that resource, somebody that was really trusted in the running community that they knew would help me. And my goodness, I remember the therapy that he did on my shin was so painful. You know, I mean, obviously he knew what he was doing, but it really worked that I was able to complete where I would have definitely given up, but it was the resource of someone who was experienced, who had been through something similar that enabled me to find kind of a plan B way to get to my goal, even though it looked differently than I thought. And that's the value of a support community. Yeah. And the alternative to that is Google. Right. You know, I have shin splints. I'm just going to Google it and I'm going to get a, get a gazillion results, none of which I know whether they work or not. Right. You know, that's a totally different thing than actually going to somebody that knows what works. Well, if you've ever taken up a hobby and you make the mistake of mentioning that around a hobby enthusiast, you'll get more advice than you ever <laughs> than you ever probably thought you needed because people who are interested in something they want to share yeah and they want to help you overcome the obstacles and reach your goal so it's always a positive thing so today we've learned that everyone who wants to achieve a goal should be part of a support community for three key benefits First, it motivates you by affirming your aspiration. Second, it encourages you by celebrating your progress. And third, it assists you by offering advice and problem solving. So final thoughts today, Michael, Megan? To me, the good news here is that if you have big goals that you're pursuing this year, 
you do not have to do it alone. And more than that, you shouldn't do it alone. You know, you have access to a support community. There's so many options. And if you'll take advantage of that community and leverage it, it can make all the difference uh, to accomplishing your most important goals. Yeah, I agree with that. And I would say you don't need a support community unless you have big goals, unless there's something that's really important that you want to accomplish this year. If that's the case, if you have something that's more than a resolution, it's an actual goal that you want to see happen and build into your life, absolutely get into some kind of support community because it will really give you the edge. And that's what all of us need if we're going to be successful. We've got to have an edge against discouragement, against competition, against the obstacles that we're going to inevitably encounter, against our own lack of progress and procrastination. A support group, you know, is kind of the remedy for all of that. Well, thank you, Michael and Megan, for this uh, practical idea. I think this is something everybody needs. Thanks very much. Thanks, Lori. And thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you right here next week. Until then, lead to win. This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Compass, a monthly program to help full focus planner users stay on track with their goals. Learn more at lead2.win/compass.